<laughs> no, you don't go live until the cat's on. And then the cat left. Oh, and we're live. Welcome to the Dress in the Files podcast. There was a cat for about half an hour, and now you get no cat. <laughs> because we're amateurs. Because right. yeah. the cat's cat. like, I can't deal with this shit. I'm out. Somebody oh, get he's my a professional. Agent. Once he found out what we were. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're not bitter or anything. We're just... Bitter? We're okay. Who, who's bitter? <laughs> Apparently some of our people. Ben is oh, right, yeah. We're we're the podcast that that one guy on the internet is mad about. So, <laughs> the, I mean, the one time. the one and only guy who's mad. No, about I imagine there's at least two people. Yeah, okay, the other um, one's just a nemesis sleeper agent. We don't know who it is. <laughs> but we're gonna blame Aurora. Yeah. Well, because today is the summer Aurora. night discussion. Yeah. Get it? Yes. It sure is. This one's K N I G H T. You know, as opposed to the other night. That's like the other night. Anyway. Yes, thank what? you for spelling out that joke that we've known of for years. The one I'm that wouldn't saying. have killed out the letter requirements, you mean? Oh, really? Yeah, so what night some... has it because it still fits, but the other way. And then summer night wouldn't otherwise have the right number of letters? Because knight yes. has the same number of letters as summer. Really? Come on. Knigget. It's not like that joke hasn't been around for 30 years. Like Monty Python's like, hey, someday the Dresden Files podcast is going to be able to use this joke. But the director's like, nope, one yard line. But chow, take right. that joke all the way and throw it over there. Our audience is far too young and unnuanced to get Monty Python. Yeah, I've actually not seen that Monty Python, so I didn't even know what? that joke existed. That's okay, the only one you should have ever seen if you've ever seen one Monty Python. That's it. So that's our that's our podcast get together. We're all flying to Colorado oh so we can freaking God. watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and we'll invite you know Kitty and uh, and Jim just for the halibut. Yeah, right. Oh, that kid. That guy. That guy. When you said Kitty, I was expecting you talking okay. about Andreas's cat. That was yeah. funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the cat, that cat can come too. It's not the UK. We don't have some weird moratorium on animals. Am I, am I invited? Well, no, obviously. you're from the Best land of death that is California. Hey, hey, you might not make it. it. We I'm got sure a cat. It's contagious. He's just kind of not in this bed, so uh, unlucky. All right. So, okay. so, so summer, summer, summer can dig it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe you. Okay. So. Summer night, off the heels of Grave Peril, Harry has gotten his girlfriend eaten. Well, I mean, she did it to herself, but really it's Harry's right. fault because it's it's the Dresden Files, so it's always <laughs> Harry's fault. Right? Actually inaccurate. At least and he spent, what what is it? What, this, I mean, so this takes place in summer, but it's June, right? It's June because it's leading up to the summer solstice, which is June 21st, so it's the dark right. like June 18th. Right. Yeah, it's the better part of a year. And and it um great peril had taken place around october uh, yeah just a little bit before halloween right and you know in the opening sequence basically we find out that harry hasn't gone out with the alphas anyways since february mm-hmm. you know because he's like oh I, i've left the house this year and they're like technically correct but that was february it hardly counts because they went to go see a football game because yes. so harry is doing his caveman slash homeless person it except that he's, he's got he's a depressed like it's oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's classic science like right all the things yeah. like the messy yeah. and like yeah and he's actually obsessed. he's, he's in yeah, denial he's, he's obsessive yeah. right he's, yeah, I, mean, I mean i will bob. say he's depressed well yes he's depressed but even bob calls him ahab so i mean he's right like, i yeah. i love that 
Ahab. Yep, hunting his white whale. So so that's that's kind of what's going on. And then, you know, a reign of toads and the white council comes. And those things are only quasi-related. And, you know, this is where we meet the fairies mostly. I mean, we got fairy godmother, but, um, you know, we get to meet the rest of them, including Mab. She just kind of shows up on her own unattended, which still strikes me as weird because, like, every other time we see her, she's got somebody with her, I feel like. So, and I mean, it's only Grey Malkin for some of it, but no, still. Dead Beach, she shows really. up by herself. Does she? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's filling in for a lot Leo. Of right, okay, yeah, that's fair. They have a lot of private conversations. Hold on. In Grave Peril, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have the Malk then? When does that start? <laughs> Small favor, because you can't talk. What am I thinking? So no, in, it's it's before. In Dead Beat. When yeah. Harry's looking for help with his necromancers and the word right. of Krem- uh, Kemler, um, he she called does. for Leah, but yeah. Leah was a she-sickle and he didn't know it at the time. So Mab shows, Mab shows up alone. And she and only answers in the, the frame that she can. Because yeah. Leah knows or or doesn't right. know. Mab knows the answer, but Leah doesn't. That was her again trying to say, like, I'll tell you if you become the Winter Knight and right. tells her to go away. Right. I mean, we okay. see Grim, Grimalkin the first time in this book, but we don't see him again until Small Favor when she can't talk. Yeah. I always thought it was right. weird. Like, okay. It's the, in the first two times we see like a Malk, it's Grimalkin, and then later on it's Cat Sith. I, like I kind of like I, I just thought of that when I heard someone. I was like, why right. wasn't it Grimalkin again? Or why wasn't it Cat Sith from the start? Because well, reasons. I think yeah. I think even though Cat Sith is still a servitor, he's a little bit more than just voice translator. Like, even that's a little beneath him. Yeah, but then Maybe. why not just stick with Green Mulkin, kind of? I, I kind of feel like they were supposed to be the same character, and that for some reason he changed his mind. Or no, forgot I mean, about it. Or it's he just same, really, you know, really wanted to make the Star Wars joke. We got right. uh, up, we got upscaling gruffs just because that was all in the same book. Doesn't mean the others don't deserve some upscaling. Mm-hmm. So, continuing okay. on with Summer yeah. Night. So, um, you know, the wardens show up and shit. I mean, what yeah. were you going to say? Well, th- because we've ar- we already know where the series is going, at least for a, a large part of it, having a retrospective view on this book gets really, really interesting because we meet Peabody, we meet the senior council, we meet Elaine and Aurora, and we learn that there's something wrong with Aurora, but not what until cold days. Right. So specifically, we were talking a little bit about before the show being like, you know, one of the crazy things looking back on the read that we just did is that Aurora is infected by Nemesis. And we don't find out really all of that until cold days. Right. So we don't get a name for it. We don't figure out, you know, it's actually some kind of entity and whatever. And we we find that out a little bit in cold days. But then immediately your question becomes who, what, where, when, why, you know, because like. Did, who got her? If she was the start of it, who did she get? Because and how long was she infected? Like, was she infected last Tuesday and just happened? Like, hey, you know, I've got an open slot, so why don't I just do the apocalypse during the solstice? Because you know, it's next week. Or has she been planning this for years? Or has she been planning this for decades? You know, because we know when Leah got got, and mm-hmm. we know who, what, where, why, when, pretty much for Leah. Like we. 
you know, with we don't know what maybe their ultimate machination was, other than maybe if we get Leah, we'll get Mab. You know, that was kind of their play, I think. But how for Aurora, and you know, they almost pulled it off, right? Like, right. just I mean, crazy. it could be that Leah managed to infect Aurora. It could be that Elaine right. might be the person because she's got the connection with Justin Demorn. So you think Demorn was nemified? Well, considering he's working with outsiders, he mm. was either around it or infected or just kind of made it available. So you that, know the worst part about this? I just so Elaine's magic is based off of what? What's she the does language? Mostly illusions and, and Egyptian. She uses Egyptian, Egyptian. Like where the Black Council's from, you know. Yeah, and because, the language that Justin uses. Right. Yeah. Shit falls. <laughs> Because that's kind of that I, I like how every time we talk about who, you know, the Black Council is and Cal and Kamori, we're like, no, it's definitely over here. And then we're like, it's these guys, you know, like I feel like it's just other other than the fact that, you know, we like the main thing against Justin being, you know, Cal, for instance, is that Jim has told us straight up he's not. And it'd be e -D -D dead. Yeah, it'd be the cheapest fucking thing for him to just be like, remember how 15 years ago I told you he was dead, dead? I lied. It's That's like, why on. I always emphasize how he spelled it. And and the fact that he's a liar and, you know, like a professional liar. He gets paid to lie, you know. So, yeah, it's it can't be taken fully off the table until we know. But, yeah, there is a lot of coincidences and incidentals there for sure. So and Elaine gets weird because she says that she built up a, a debt to Titania, and that's why she had to work as the summer's emissary. But later, when Lily was dead, she says that her debt was to or to Aurora, not to Lily. But right, sorry, they do blend into the same people eventually. Right. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting thing about fairy debts. Not that it answers your question directly, but it's like you know, so she had a debt to the entity. Aurora, not to the mantle, the Winter Queen, Winter Lady, right. whatever. Right, but you know. if the, the debt was to Titania and then it was sold to Aurora, according to what Jim has said about uh, Maeve to Molly, the debt is to the mantle, not to mm -hmm. the individual. So the debt should still be there. Mm. It is. I just don't think she knows that necessarily. Yeah, it well, could certainly be that Lily doesn't know how to press it. And it's no, I mean, even Elaine. I don't, I don't think Elaine knows that or would have necessarily understood that. She's, That's fair. You know, still early in the series, and she doesn't have... I mean, she has her summer side, but Harry seems to have more practical experience with um, the fairies, even up until that point. Making bargains, how they get broken, how they don't. And even still, though, like, Harry's obviously still an idiot when it comes to that, because <laughs> he still deals with Mab, which is like... Every everybody, everybody, like even like Morgan, like everybody's like you did a what to the who, and you're an idiot, man. And of course, that sets up like what we're in book four, so you know eight more plus books of being a pain in your ass. So I love the way Bob said it. It's like you need to stay away from the fairy courts because you're an idiot with women, and they're made up of <laughs> women. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the other thing to consider with Nemesis play, and I, personally, I think Aurora wasn't just. Infected last Tuesday because I think it was kind of like with Maeve. You need a little bit of time to build up. I don't think you could like, for example, brute force take over a lady the way you could Cat Sith. The way that happens in Cold Days, I think you need to. 
work on it. My guess is it probably targeted Summer first because if what Elaine says is true, you know, she's the other Starborn and she's been building up more and more with Summer quicker than Harry was with Winter. So if Nemesis is looking for Starborns, then they're going to target the one that's got a more hooks in quicker. Well, but and, but of course, if she's Black Council, then you know maybe so maybe so here here's our things like we don't know that it happened before winter because we know that Leah was infected, you know what the eight months prior, right, at, uh, right around then at least. Um, so, but if we're saying if we're saying Elaine is Black Council, then it's possible Elaine infected her like right out of Harry burning down Justin's place, you know, like that it could have been that early. And so we've sure, got but years I, and years of. You know, I just happen to be more sympathetic towards Lyon. It also kind of brings you back to the whole. Like, I think I've talked about this before. <clears throat> it seems like, like with Cat Sith, where he's like, it was kind of pretending to be Cat Sith, but it wasn't actually Cat Sith controlling, or was it Cat Sith thinks he's doing what he's supposed to until like the he's like Harry calls out Nemesis enough, and it's just like, oh well, no point anymore. And if right. that's the case, what about the ladies? Like Maeve never really like dropped the act. Was she acting or is she just being influenced? Like I've, I think I've brought that up before. Like it's just like a power level. Like a certain being can maybe only be influenced. It can't just be straight up taken over. Right. I I, so. I'm gonna guess it works a similar way to the Denarians in that you can have willing participants or you can have the uh, nemesis thing just kind of brute force their personality, like was happening with Cat Sith, and he was trying to fight it versus Maeve seeming to be a willing participant of it because she loved the ability to lie. Right. Like she's the Nicodemus of it. It's also, to me anyways, it's a little hard to pin down some of those. Like Harry's pretty sure that like Cat Sith got grabbed during the course of the book, right? Because he disappears for a period of time. So we're pretty sure at least from Harry's perspective, it happened, you know, at that point. So it, it was like days tops, if not like hours or something. I mean, when we get there, we'll, we'll read about it. But yeah. like Maeve was always hard to pin down because Maeve's been a prissy little bitch for 200 years, you know, because we find that out in, in um, cold case that Molly's got, you know, a 200 year backlog of shit Maeve's supposed to be doing. So like we assume Leah infected her, but we don't know, like, I don't know. For me, it, it, it that's not the strongest argument other than we had a vector. We well, just did, it doesn't match the time. It's a little frame. less of a, an assumption because Mab flat out says it. And while I grant that's she true. could be wrong, I don't think that's the case. Well, you can mark the change in Maeve's personality and how she acts in uh, Proven Guilty when she basically sets up the idea that Mav is the one that's uh, infected. Right. She's starting to tell the lie right then. Right. Yeah, because yeah. she's working on, fi on fixing Lily, and that's how mm -hmm. she was able to string him along so easily. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's it just it's interesting and there are these little false paths in my mind that, you know, show up in places, but I see what you're saying. So, so I mean, yeah, but, but pinning down Aurora, like we have no freaking idea, you know, like right. chances are so, so Maeve got infected by Leah. So, you know, and we find out about it in, in cold days. So we're talking, you know, somewhere around eight years in theory, um, you know, for, presumably, like assuming it was like a maximum, let's say it's a maximum of eight years. And so, you know, that kind of gives us a window of time, but that still doesn't, it doesn't really shed any light whatsoever. And, and honestly, though, 
because of the way the summer court is set up, it seems like they're less likely, you know, to get infected. Like it definitely vec like winter makes sense, but even still like winter obviously isn't in as much danger from the gate. Cause that's the gatekeeper's job. You know, it's kind of like his shtick. So I don't know. Well, I think that also ties into, cause these are kind of, despite the fact that they're all nemesis, they're a little bit of three different reactions, right? Maeve goes along with it. Katsit tries to fight it and ends up getting brute force taken over. Aurora, quote unquote, dies confused. Like she didn't mm -hmm. really know what the hell was going on. So she seems to be um, willing Jeez. to go because because she's also Summer. So she's going along with her motions. So it seems right. less like she was a willing participant and more like Nemesis highlighted that aspect of her and was like, go, go, go. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like subliminal messages in the first place they if you're already predisposed to it it's probably a lot easier to get you to do it like you know if you're thirsty and i i say hey maybe you should go to the lobby and get yourself a drink and you're like hmm coke sounds good right about now mm -hmm. that you know that's kind of what happened to aurora it's like hey you know we should make the hurting stop and we we should do it together and you know we'll we'll just tip the balance just a little bit which you know the funny thing about balances is that that's not how that works. And, you know, then the apocalypse happens, but no big deal. We can fix that. So, and you could probably make the argument that Summer's actually the sensible target to go after because theoretically, do you really want to deal with Meb? Do you want to deal with the person that's supposed to be 24 seven keeping you out? She's more likely to be on the ball. And granted, she wasn't because it was her daughter. But, you know, theoretically, Summer's the one that, like, you know, hey, maybe these guys over here that everyone's kind of ignoring, let's let's try them first. I, I'm also curious how much does Summer actually care or keep in mind the problem of Nemesis? We know Mother Summer does. Mother Summer knows about Nemesis and the war and the gates and everything. And so a lot of the wizards do. But uh, would the Summer lady be involved much? Would her administration involve much Probably dealing not. with the idea of Nemesis and... That, it that doesn't issue. seem like Aurora was aware of the outer gates or Nemesis or anything. Right. Because right. she, like, tipping the balance in the way that it does puts the outer gates at extreme risk. And she didn't know that that was going to happen. Or she, maybe she didn't know and she didn't care. Right. But that doesn't seem likely for her. The well, whereas, summer and winter to be more important. Mm -hmm. Right, and and uh, the winter fae that we do know were infected. Uh, Maeve just embraced it. Leah fought it, but they both knew about it consciously, and mm -hmm. Mad right. was a problem. So the the winter fae at all levels seemed to. And Leah is not even a queen, whereas Aurora. Maybe this might be an early installment weirdness kind of thing, where Jim just didn't write it in, but mm -hmm. with Aurora being confused about it, that's an interesting little. Uh, angle on the involvement. And Titania does know about it. I mean, she's the one who named it in cold days. And also one of the reasons that she was so yeah. mad at Dresden was that I know she needed to die, but I still hate you for it anyway. Well, that's right? that's after the fact, though. How much did... Yeah. Uh, even, so even... she probably didn't know it at the time, but she was able to realize that her daughter had gotten infected. I and... think in order to be Mab's check, she has to know. Yeah. Right. For the sake of importance of balance of all that i mean it makes sense all the winter no you know they're the ones directly involved with it mave has been shot back at mab that time about she's not going to be your good little hunting falcon anymore we see what molly's job is so clearly the winter lady knows leah knows because you know she's the 1a she's the one that's hanging around when mab can't so titania makes sense to know because she's her direct equal and the mothers know because they're the mothers 
right. Aurora is the real question. Well, and well, then honestly, might have known it might have been just one more piece of paperwork on her desk, so to speak, where it's just one more thing that's not directly her concern. She knows right. about it. She's read in, but she doesn't spend a lot of time worrying about it. She's more worried about balancing winter, which is her prime. And that's direction. and that's the thing too. It's like honestly, summer's entire focus, or at least point of existing, is to balance winter. But really, they're only even balancing the overflow of winter. You know, because like when we what we find out in cold days is that if Mab if Mab went a little nuts or got infected or whatever, and she pulled just a fraction of her power off of the wall, I mean, probably the wall would fall, I would imagine. But also, she could crush the you know, summer the summer court, if not all of reality, with what she's got protecting the wall in theory. And so, like, there there may be creatures in in winter that understand you know people disappear to go protect the wall or whatever but i don't know if they get the stakes necessarily because otherwise why would mave shirk her duties right and you know i think i think all mave knew was i steal babies for mab's war or for her war machine but maybe not the full freaking extent to it because it seems like molly has the edge and why molly was like well shit, i really don't have a better idea in all of that nonsense, um, you know, because I just like, I can't imagine that Maeve knew and, and behaved the way that she did, you know, like it, it, it could be, it could be some end of the world types of like crazy where it's like, well, shit, we're all fucked anyway. So I'm going to go get drunk for 200 years. Maeve, Maeve did but, know there was such a thing as a nemesis though, at least after by the time she was infected. Yes. That's, that's the point. She lied right. to, um, uh, I personally, really I, I mean, I can't imagine Maeve didn't know. I think her problem is resentment. I think she resents the fact that she was probably essentially born for this and had no choice in the matter. And right. we see so she's she willing to be petty choose. about everything. Uh, she did choose. She did. Yeah. Yes, no, I mean, she, that's she chose her, her fate side, but I don't think she, she chose knowing the stakes necessarily. And I don't think she also equates that the same as being, well, you had me so that I could do this. Or it's entirely possible she did know the stakes, but she still resented it. And that's she right. still resented being pressured into it, unlike her sister, Sarissa. Right. So, right. So it's it, that's a character thing for her, rather yeah, than no, knowledge. It, that, that's a very good, like, irrational character thing that's worthy of hating a character for. Yeah, like, it's no, a good yeah. flaw, essentially. <laughs> I mean, and we see in Cold Case, it, the map tells Mal, you know, consider the outer gates, and it just kind of. I, I have to imagine, even if. Maybe didn't fair, give right? it much active thought. It's it's just ingrained in winter. She's still new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, and and that's a way for uh, winter the winter lady to recall knowledge is just to think about the question of winter law, and then she can just explicitly know it. We see Molly do that in uh, Cold Case. Like, oh, is that right. what you just said? <laughs> right. Yes. Well, well, it was yeah, along she, the same lines. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she does it. Also with Carlos, you know, Winter Law just kind of pops up with, yeah. oh, oh, we can do this now because I'm making a bargain with you, yada, yada, yada. Right. So, so I mean, we see definitely the nemesis part. And then, you know, one of the other things we were talking about earlier was uh, just you know, the Black Council here. They, they kind of move up from petty drug use and, you know, wolf and hexen belts mm. and shit like that into like full on apocalypse. Like they they almost pull an apocalypse off on everybody else. I, I loved that I hated, like, hated fury, raging, boiling blood Morgan 
for just like, no, you shut up. You're not going to fucking pull it off on the council this time. And it's like, you fucking ignorant asshole. Like, <laughs> the world is literally at stake, but because you hate Dresden so much, like, that's, yeah, it's that's, actually that's... so weird because I feel like Morgan in this book is, I mean, he's kind of an asshole no matter what, right? But I feel like he's different than any other book. He's, no, he's super it's... over the top in this one, I feel like. You know? yeah, I think he was over the top in, in the first one, too, in Stormfront. I don't I don't think he starts mellowing out showing it being a character until at least uh, Dead... Was it Deadbeat? Proven Guilty. Until Proven Guilty was shown. Yeah, no, it's he, Proven Guilty. Yeah, yeah it's Proven Deadbeat. Guilty where he doesn't want to kill somebody. But yeah, well, no, in Deadbeat, yeah. too. He's there in Deadbeat. Deadbeat, he realizes that Justin's actually a good person, and they just right. disagree massively on how to do things. Except and then Proven Guilty... Yeah. With the Lucio thing pushes him back yeah. to being well, that's, Morgan. That's so. the thing. I think Morgan, I think part of it is Morgan is, even if he doesn't consciously see it, I mean, he's a hothead too. Like, he's uh, not much different from Harry as far as emotions being. And like, he's willing to go and kill him at a feel like In every other book, he is Warden Morgan, whereas in this book, he's more like Merlin's lapdog. Yeah. Morgan. Especially, yeah. especially the scene where he goes to like goad him into attacking him, and I'm exactly. like, yeah, that's, that's just that's I actually dirty. felt like that was super out of character. And Harry yeah. just sees right through it. Right. Well, it's it's one of those great moments because it's like he's starting to get riled up, and he really is going to start to play into it. And then he's like, "Oh, fuck you! Get out of my house!" <laughs> you know, it's like I fucking see what's going on here. And like, I feel like a lot of people, you know, have had that moment sometime in their life where they're like, "I'm about to make a crazy big decision." And I'm I'm super emotional and super mad about it. And then Harry's like, "No, yeah, I, now I know what's going on, and I'm super cool. Like you're you're gonna have to kill me because I'm not gonna do anything to you, and you've got a witness, so I know what game you're playing." So that was a really interesting moment. The the in this reread when I was thinking of like he's trying to convince Elaine to go to the White Council, and she refuses, which. On a kind of a suspicious side, she maybe nemfected or whatever doesn't want to go to the White Council and be uh, made aware of anything. Right. But then also because she, they're not always the good guys, she would want to go to the White Council. Hmm. Well, hmm. they technically they would already have someone who's infected there, right? They've got Peabody. Right. Yeah, but I get the impression that the Nemesis thing is not just something they drop like on everybody. Uh, like maybe like it's a limited resource. Otherwise, I mean, why wouldn't they just like go crazy with it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's that. But mm-hmm. her caginess of being presented to the White Council and how much of a risk is it? It puts her in a good light of she's making a sane decision when the good guys are supposedly then trying to kill Dresden because they don't believe him. Right. Well, and honestly, though, that moment is so great because. You know, he's like, what? The White Council's not all that bad. She's like, they're trying to fucking set you up for murder. And, he, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, well. other than that, you know, like, it, it's kind of an irrational moment for him. Like, again, yeah. I kind of side with his with his justification and stuff, because ultimately they're the best good guys that we've got, you know. But her her reasoning is like... A knife's edge. Like it's like, no, I was here in the bedroom when Morgan tried to set you up so that you would get killed. You can't really convince me. Now is not a good time to talk about the comeback to the council so they can murder me. You know, like no I thanks. choose I choose to believe that the reason he goes a little more to the wall for them in that argument is because he just doesn't want to lose her again. He wants to keep her close. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. But that's I mean 
I don't think, because you see in every other book, I mean, yes, he gives them their due as when you compare them to, say, the Red Court, but right. he, he's willing every other book basically to say, no, these guys, they, they just need to, they need to move on a little bit. They need to, you know, evolve. And they have the right the idea. Thing. They just need to upgrade everything into the way that I think they should do everything, and they're good. Right. Well, it, it reminds me of Churchill's quote about democracy. It's like, it's the worst form of government, except for all the rest. You know, the White Council is like the worst bad guys, except for, you know, all the actual bad guys. So, you know, like the people who eat people. You know? Yeah. Those guys are pretty terrible. So <laughs> all we do is kill teenagers. That's barely anything. <laughs> so. So as far as as far as like other setup, I mean, obviously, like the you know the nemesis thing doesn't pay off for many books. Um, you t know, we had the. Go ahead. With t t he's like oh, the, yes. With the, 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 of the first appearance of the Salas card, right? Yeah. yeah, and the great scene with the the like fourteen layers of the chain of command. You know where yeah. they get to oh. like. You did know, you did you listen class. to did you listen to the audiobook, uh, Justin? That's the only thing I do, man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone else yeah. other than me? Yeah. I have, but not, not okay. Me. Did you notice that? Okay. So two toots voice has not been consistent yet. Mm. This time, one of the other Faye actually has two toots voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Marcus has basically changed the way he's done the voice from like book one to this one. He's in book one. He's much more weird sounding, and this one he's just but like one, a, he basically a high sounds like voice. a human. He doesn't really change he, yeah, the voice. He sounds like a, a small child to me in <laughs> yeah. book one. Whereas this one, he kind of gets the like, you know, you this can time tell he's like lighter. But one of the other Fay has two toots exact voice. Interesting. And I think maybe he got a note or something like a, like feedback, and Tim was like that other Fay. That's two toot. Right. That's funny. But I think next time he's gonna sound like that. Yeah, since you're bringing up the audiobook, this is the point where I remind you that like I have to listen to Summer Night because it's the one where Marster swears for screwing up. So yeah. sorry, I, I know you probably want to forget that ever happened, but I, I'm I'm gonna keep that near and dear to my heart. So the very first time I ever listened to the audiobook, I was cooking while listening to it, and I almost fell over laughing, which was very dangerous at the time. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even sure I caught it the first time. I was just like, yep, that's a thing. Moving on. And then Wait, where, like, where the in the book one. is it? Because I don't even remember hearing it. That's so it's when they're coming out of Maeve's court and Meryl walks up and grabs him by the back of the neck. And oh, okay. as it's continuing on, Marcia goes, wait, oh, he's got the back of the neck. Fuck. And then he continues on. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's such a great moment because it's clearly like he gave space to be edited. He kind of went and reread it. And he's like, Oh, fuck. You know, just a very human moment, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, you know, he's a professional. So he gave the buffered space and then somehow it didn't get cut. And we have that copy. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, so just a just a fun little note. But. When we get James on here, we got to ask him how he feels about that narrative getting cut out of the audiobook. <laughs> it's, right. it's over over a month is transition from if to when. Yes. When yes. Gets... Well, obviously. <laughs> Oh, you have to will it into existence. We are the best quasi semi amateur podcast. Yes. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> We've had uh, the man himself on. And speaking of which, next episode, we're going to have to have him on again because episode 77 was reserved <laughs> to have him oh. back on the show. You might want to tell him. That you remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> Director. I don't think he is up with the Trello card. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. well yeah. is a number that is reserved. It was, we were supposed to have a new book by now, and there's this whole marriage thing that's happened, and just, 
everything. So so long as we're talking personal notes, though, back to Summer Night. This is actually one of my favorite books. Uh, one of my three favorite books. Really? This one, Proven Guilty and Turncoat. All fantastic. They got the Fae, they got the Wizard Politics, La Fortier, Peabody, all these people. And it's all wonderful. But what I really liked about this when I first read it, because I didn't, I was worried that he got to that ending of Grave Peril, Grave Peril you know, they got people dying, the war is starting, and I was like, is he really going to land this? Is he really going to continue this? Is this going to be part of the story going on? And yes, it is, right off the bat, Ghoul Assassin. Right. Yeah, right. And then yeah, uh, the, Tigress. the opening and, scene is really Turns out the Ghoul Assassin has nothing Billy. to do with and the Billy. War. Yeah. And Billy yeah. talked about it. Harry's been trying to find the cure. And it's like, that. how dare you interfere with my affairs? It's like, I don't need you. And assassination. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's so just wonderful. Especially because the hindsight talk where he's like, and of course, that's when the hit went down. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking need this and I don't fucking need you. And it's like, which. Uh, and that's that's one of my favorite little subplots in the book too. This is such a well structured story. It isn't. I don't feel like there's really anything that's wasted in this book because mm -hmm. that scene plays into the ending and the the moment where Harry realizes that he's just mad and just not thinking about what he's doing uh, when he's confronted by Morgan. That whole that whole subplot. That's one of the transition points when he starts getting into the zone and starting to think a little bit more deliberately, look around him and realize what's going on around him rather than just you know be obsessive. Which uh, is like a very novelist. big contrast to the previous book, both in terms of structure, writing style, and how Harry reacts to things. Like that, Because the book before was where Harry learned, if I don't think people get hurt. Right. Yeah, because yeah, Grave Peril's definitely like, I'm just going to blunder through here because I'm a wizard and I know everything. Oops, and, shit. Bad shit and, happened. Yeah, this is one of my favorite books If for just a small moment. It's not the best scene or anything, but he actually tells Murphy everything. Yes. And as soon as he does that, their relationship gets much better. She calms yes. down. It's like, oh, well, how dare those fucking assholes not believe you? Right. <laughs> and I mean, she all but says that, right? Does it yeah. seem like those oh, assholes? She says that. She know? says those assholes. <laughs> yeah. The chlorophene. Chlorophene plant monster. Yes. yes. And, and then the, oh, the song. No, chlorophene. It's, yeah. That is, I love I that action that. scene. But, I did not. Okay, maybe you can tell me because uh, this is like this. It, I didn't realize because I listen, don't read. So that's probably why. I didn't make the connection. The reason he calls it chlorophene is because of the mist, I assume? No. Then why? No, no, no so the chlorophyll. Chlor 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 yeah, chlorophyll is the is the stuff that makes plants green. It's how they absorb light and convert it into, you know, energy and everything like that. I don't know what they would call it in your language, but for us it's chlorophyll. And okay. so he, he calls it a chlorophene. Because I was yeah. thinking the mist like knocks people out kind of. So I was thinking chloroform and he like thought right. the feed that the thing was doing it. You're overthinking it. Yeah, I applaud well, you. <laughs> I, I get it because it, it does have a similar kind of root, but yeah. So Harry Harry does, you know, the the super serious wizard thing, and no other human being would do this instead, where it's like, oh, I can't call it a plant monster. What's the scientific word for plant? Chloro and monster fiend. Yeah, chlorophene, that, you know, so that's all he's doing. Yeah. yeah he's just doing a more sophisticated version so of octagons. Yeah, it's like right. it's the same in like in, in skin games where he where he's like, so what do we call this? Right. Mm, Octocongs. Yeah, there right. we go. Like some kind of name. squid, octopus, monkey thing. Yeah. So, what's really important though is not to interrupt the wizard while he's wizarding. So, previous book though. Two no, actually. Enemies that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Two books ago. Yeah, right. Moon. Yeah, so I, what else do we got? 
Rashid. Uh, okay. Yes, Rashid. So I love Rashid. It's a great moment, you know. Well, all of Rashid's moments are, are great. Just he's the sure. weird, brooding, mysterious wizard. Everyone else is being flashy and like very awesome in power. And he's just with the cowl and he's hmm right. and more deliberate and he's great when the senior council stuff does things and then he comes by when justin is hanging upside down in a tree uh -huh. and reveals a minute later i was about to kill you if you said the wrong thing well but i mean so to back up a little bit right so we've got the one of the opening scenes like not the hit obviously but with the with the white council meeting and it and the merlin is like okay well how do you vote and he's like, with great deliberation. It's like, when you can out-wizard the fucking Merlin in your mysterious talk, you know? And he just kind of hems and haws because he's doing the same shit that you see in better detail in... in Proven Guilty. Uh, yeah, in Proven Guilty, where he's like, yes. I, he sees shit that nobody else has picked up on. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Ancient Mai's little... Um, um, emissary. Dude comes in. Yeah, Emissary, thank you. So he shows up and like, you know he saw it. And so this frostbitten emissary, frostbitten emissary comes in and whatever, but he's just yanking the Merlin's chain. And then later on, Harry's just blasted himself out of certain doom. He was held by Elaine's spell, which was the exact spell, which I have to bring up because it's like one of my favorite uh, lines in this first half of the series, I think. And it's like, you evil, wicked, devious, clever little girl. If this works, I'll buy you a pony. You know, because she uses the exact... <laughs> exact spell that she used when she held him for Justin. And so he breaks out of her spell again, then uses Fazari to blast himself out of out of basically quicksand. He's still not tree, saying that right. Which oh yeah, the, the spell. Yeah. yeah. And and then Rashid walks up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing in the tree? Hanging upside down from your belt, you crazy wizard and you know, they have the whole, like, I can't get out of here. And he's like, yeah, just put your foot in the, and then your hand and do the thing. Yeah. So. And then there's the callback in turncoat that I, when I first read, what the, in the, he's laughing about a tree. What is he? Oh, oh that's funny. Oh, I'm super excited for all these future book references. Cause I'm like, oh man, I'm going to hopefully catch that next time. So. I, Rashid is an awesome character and you still can't prove he's not veteran. And his <laughs> opening. Sure can. It's really good. I mean, really, the, the best thing for her in him being Batarang is the fact that Rashid kind of breaks all of the, like, agedness. So either way, it's never-never shenanigans, so he might as well be Batarang. So. I mean, they, they got the same height. They both have invisible eye or, like, missing yeah, eyes. And the then place, the, the same the, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're both connected to Mab. Oh, they're connected mean, to Mab and Wizards. Know. How many eye patch guys could there be? So <laughs> he's just it could be it could be that he has Vatarung's eye and it's just one of the things that he, he snagged, like you know the black staff snagged the Fey uh, actually I kinda like that theory. Like Vatarung sacrificed his eye for wisdom, but or really, lost it in the poker just, game. Rashid just wound up with it. So, yeah, so you can't repeat as like Rocket Raccoon for the Dresden versus like I'm gonna need that guy's eye, you know, like No, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I mean, the connection that Rashid has with Mab is very, and, and you don't know it right now, mm -hmm. but like he knew the Winter Messenger was coming back. Right. Both probably because of his weird magical eye stuff and his connection to Mab. He knew mm -hmm. that Harry was the one that Mab had approached to being the emissary. They probably talked and about it I over the war. I think he did, Because didn't, didn't, there was somebody, I thought Rashid said so, like, because that's when they had that conversation. 
because uh, he talks to Harry in the in the White Council meeting, and they, he does his little um, you know mm-hmm. privacy spell and whatever. He's like, she, "You already know what this is all about, don't you?" Like, I don't think he knew so much as he knew she was playing a game, and then Harry seemed to know more than he should have, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, it's fucking you, isn't it?" <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Shit. And of course, it's you. They already have a, <laughs> a relationship, and when she notices his eye goop, it's like, "What is that desert fox oh, doing?" Right. It, because they're all working on the wall so much and the outer gates and everything. Well, because he was involved at tastings, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, that, that too. Yeah. I just, right. I just wanted, to, just Derek, I have a question. Why would, why would Vatteron be called the Desert Fox? There no, is a theory better. between uh, people who study Norse that uh, all of the mentions of uh, where the Norse people came from and the Vikings and the mythology is actually came from Turkey and Troy. So there's just a connection there. It's it's better. We're we're not just saying that Vaterung and Rashid are the same person. Rashid is fucking Santa Claus. Yes. Okay. Just so we carry this all the way through the full circle. Rashid Spe- is speaking Santa Claus. Saint, Saint Nicholas, the, is and Asia that's how he, he delivers the presents, right? Because he plays with time. What the? Oh. <laughs> Get out. Okay, we got to talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. So audiobook note. Uh, you brought up the 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 thing with the north and stuff. Did you know? Did you notice Justin mostly or or Alex? Because you listened this time too. Uh, when Mab nope. is introduced, it's red. It's red, and he does like an, like a Norton like slight Nordic accent, and then like he just drops it <laughs> like the next time she comes around. Right. And it, she also sounds different in this book than she does in every other book, I think. Yeah, she has an accent in the first scene that she doesn't have most other times because she just goes to straight American. But right. when she's Honestly, playing I think his Somerset, she has something. Yeah, but I mean, she her voice also changes, right? Like that's like one of the things I've noticed a lot in uh, re-listening re- it and really paying attention to it. At some point, I think he just got some notes or something because, like, it's I feel like it's fairly consistent. But that's because I usually start at book five. Mm. Uh, well, and I think I think a lot of that is true, right? Like, uh, you know, from the little tidbits that people usually hear about the audiobook stuff. I mean, you know, you hear about like, well, mostly they don't mind doing the audiobooks because it's like eight hours a day. They're locked in a room and they don't have to put on makeup, you know, or whatever. But at the same time, like with a book like the Dresden Files and you got a bunch of weird, you know, names comparatively and stuff like that, like. You know, I'm sure I'm sure he tries to take some direction. And honestly, early on, I imagine the Ebro is probably just getting like producers notes and they probably don't know hardly better than Marsters what the hell's going on. And so then Jim kind of gets involved. He's like, actually, I do have a couple of things, you know, and, and because it, I mean, like Marconi going to Marcone, that's almost certainly had to have been a bump. You know, that almost mm-hmm. certainly had to be Jim saying, hey, you know, it's not a big deal, but this you know like here here's a pronunciation guide at the very least or something you know the, what annoys so. me is this like pr- like professionally produced audiobooks with a pretty good voice actor i might have feeling like, or an actor in general right. and like i feel like it's a producer which like she's been like cons- like okay here's a sample of the voice that you did so that he sure. like, remembers yeah, but we know we know from having a director, like producers don't really do anything. So you know, there, there's nothing that much goes into it. So I... <laughs> <laughs> that was too selectively kick people off the things. 
she's speechless. That's good. Like we're at a talk show. I'm just starting to plot how to steal your child and sell it to the Fae. Oh, well, shit's going down. Like you, you, th <laughs> you think that charity went to war. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it got to mention selling children to fairies because it's this book because it came up at least twice. So we've got Jenny Green Teeth, and what was the other one? Oh, Bob, Bob says, like, why did you make a deal to sell him oh, a baby? Yeah, yeah, steal an extra baby, Harry. That's how you deal with the fairies. Like, Oh, I see here in the notes. Yeah. Should have told her you loved her before it was too late. Did we talk about that yet? No, and I'm glad that you brought that up. So, Because that was, that was Elaine being a bitch, right? If I remember right. So, Or no, that was Harry being stupid. Harry's um, thinking of Susan. Yeah, and probably connected to his nightmare about her eating him. He well, should yeah. have told her before it was too late, because then, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, if he didn't say it, we might have had an alternate Harry, and like if he says it earlier, mirror, mirror on that party, and then he has nothing to snap her out of it. He told her exactly when he should have. Well, and I, I dig that theory too, but that's why I included the notes to, to rewind a little bit in the whole. Andreas's theory about that being the the big decision in Grave Peril for Mirror Mirror. And so he's like, you should have told her before it was too late. And I was like, or maybe you told her exactly when you should have. And now that kind of fed into like Andreas's conspiracy theory a little yeah. bit. So that's, yeah. Uh, another thing I think we should cover, we haven't really talked much about, is the conversation with the wizards before the White Council meeting. Yes. yes. Martha Liberty and uh, uh, oh, uh, Simon. Simon, Simon yeah. Petrovich. Who is, who is just dead. He appeared once in a book, and we don't need to worry about it. He didn't even appear. He's just <laughs> spoken about after the fact. Right. Died off, off screen, and we know when you die off screen, you're just dead, dead. Like, nobody ever comes D -D. back from that. D-E-D. dead. Yep. Yeah, uh, Justin, Petrovich, they're all, you know, all know. super dead. So the, 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 the right theory is that Justin had his body switched with Kemmler. So Kemmler didn't die either. I mean, I would say Justin oh, being wow. obviously taught by Kemmler, who is Simon Cowell, you know, things like that. Um, Body switching shenanigans. I would say Justin Justin's is doing kind of like what Corpse Seeker is trying to do. And, and he's the, like running around as a ghost trying to get a new body. And Kemmler is now in Elaine's body. Get out. Just get out. <laughs> No, I mean, what the fuck what? are you even I talking mean, about? Elaine is Cowell. Elaine is Cowell. Okay, okay. No, who invited this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you all. Yeah, but, but I Definitely mean, not Jacob. there <laughs> are there are aspects that I like it. The problem is, like good conspiracy theories, there's like zero evidence for it, right? <laughs> like, like if if Justin was the most powerful necromancer. Like, do you get the feeling that Kemmler ran around giving a fuck about what a lot of people thought? Like, he's like, hey, guess what? It's the sec it's the war to end all wars, big brother. I should just go to Auschwitz and start raising zombies, right? And it's like, you know, cause so somebody might notice that, you know, like an entire white council. But Demorne was really doing stuff on the on the down low for that. Like I, I feel like Harry would have been like, you know, Justin really seemed to change after that point and and you know came home with a horde of zombies, you know. Right, so, right, right, right. But you know, and and especially because it seems like the whole black magic thing, you know, because people can sense it, whatever, and we could say, okay, Harry's a 16-year-old and dude's, you know, like a, a retired warden, but I I mean Obviously, something happened there or happened a little bit beforehand because he seemed to know about Bob or maybe Justin just got lucky. 
But that does, does lucky actually happen in this I, yeah, universe? That's what I was going to say. Like, I think Dresden gets lucky, but I don't think anybody else like luck doesn't just happen to people. You know, it, it doesn't seem so. Yeah, I, I got a sword. And let, oh, because of the, right nah, people fudge the rolls. So the big guy upstairs cheats. Uh, it's not luck. <laughs> You know, look, the Almighty doesn't arrange for me to be anywhere. I've got to have wheels. So, so uh, something I picked up looking up stuff online about the book, but in preparation. So you notice Lord Talos? He's the guy. He's the guy who's doing stuff. Uh, he was uh, Aurora's Aurora's uh, lieutenant, basically, right? At the very end, it's revealed one of, yeah. one of them, right? Here's the thing: he gets when he gets hit by iron, he drops one disguise. And immediately throws up another, in the, in the attack on the Walmart because he's not an ogre, right? Right. No, he's just glamoring himself into an ogre. He glamours himself twice after being hit by iron. He glamour. He double. He has a double glamour on already. So it's not even so much that. <laughs> so he's buckethead underneath the bucket is another bucket. <laughs> or no, I think I think it's more just kind of like this and then like that, right? Really quick. So, uh, so he's got that level of power and control. And he knows, he knows that Harry's watching and knows that Harry expects it. So he's just throwing up yet another fake out. I thought or even better, he's the dude dressed up, the dude playing the other dude. Yeah, so he's, yeah he's just yeah. Bucket, yeah, bucket, <laughs> yeah, okay, Buckethead. Okay, Buckethead. Or something. Wait, right. did we just skip over the whole wizard thing? What? Yes, mm -hmm. we ignored that. Okay. I just okay. thought it was like important, but maybe it's not. The, the, okay, we can get back to it. We can get back to it. But we the reason to talk about Talos first. It wrecked. Yes, because Talos is important. This one book. He right, it is. But the, <laughs> okay. One thing. The one thing. One thing here is, uh, it shows that iron does not absolutely uh, end glamour or fey magic. It, or or if it does, you can you can work around that. It's not an absolute. I think, I think once you're at a certain particular power level, for lack of a better word, you know, for I think sure. you know, like when. Uh, Cerisa stabs the raw head, and he's basically all, but he's just a simple, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word, fey. I think once you're a, a she or you got. I mean, I would guess the raw head, like if that. it had. It's any like a high she, yeah. If, mm -hmm. the, if the raw head had any magical powers, I would actually guess that it could, probably could use its powers. It's just, it's hurt, it's in a lot of pain, the iron's not good for it. Uh, the the re the reason I think that Harry gets cut off because Harry's mortal and like connected to the thing and like as soon as the iron comes in the connections like cut. And that's why I think the Mintamatl like disappears. Not so much. I think a, a any fake could probably still use its power. So have we any other have we any other like example of face is like losing like everything when they get like touch iron? We just know it hurts a lot. Mm, I mean, well, the only Harry. times we really see it affect them are. On like you know trolls and like I said, just normal Fey. The only other time we really see it with she is um, Aurora. You know, getting death by a thousand cuts. Uh, I thought. I mean, we see it on. Do we see it on the gruffs, or does he just threaten it with? No, they they landed in it in the snow, but then we don't see them afterwards, and it was just Tiny saying that. Do you understand I'm how much damage sure it does? Okay. Right. The, the physically strong gruff doesn't he like stab him with as you call it the bane right yeah he was just he talking about the, how much of a poison it is afterwards but we don't yeah, actually like see would, the damage the bane, guess, gotcha. and they weren't like doing anything actually magical at the time either they were just normal 
goat people. Yeah, I like I like by the way. Short note on that, just it's another books or whatever. But how offended he is that he uses the bane. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to kill him. He's doing everything he can to survive. But it's we set the line at iron. Like you can Correct. do everything else, but if you use iron, nobody kicks uh-huh. the other dude in the nuts. That's over the line. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if a dude is trying nuts. to kill me, I'm gonna kick him in his gonads. Let me tell you that one for free. Well, maybe maybe it's not under international man law, but it's definitely under local man law. Right. Don't do that. In Chicago, no, I we would, don't I go would, for the like, If it's just a fight, but if, it, if it's for my life, he's getting kicked in the gonads, man. He's getting the iron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So other characters that we see, uh, we meet Meryl, who I think is a hilarious character and wish you around longer, but Same she has character. a good send-off. Yeah. And then Fix and Ace, which Ace. actually do come back. Right. Fix several times. Freaking. And Well, does he come back more than once? I thought it was Ace just Ace. Ace. Yeah, we see Fix a couple of times. Yeah, uh, Proven no, Guilty. Fix. Ace. Ace. Ace is a uh, cold Ace. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He just comes back the one time. I mean, but, he was in the car trying to run Harry off the road. Maybe. Mm. Probably. Yeah, that's yeah. a maybe. Oh, there's uh, just like fuck you today. It's Tuesday, and there. Oh yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, I don't, I don't (laughs) mind it, but at the same time, it's just all right. So some dude tries to run him off the road, and then is never heard from again, and happens to be tangentially related to stuff that happened a couple years ago, and never comes up again until cold days. It's like I feel like it's more directly involved with something. I mean, I don't really think it's Ace either. I just saw people saying it was definitely Ace. Well, yeah, the other. Because really, the only theories that ever come up is it's either Ace because he had it out for him and somehow that sounds good, or it was time traveling Harry who had to run himself off the road because because someone has to fix Little Chicago because time travel yes because, because he, has to, be he has to run him off the road because he knows he gets run off the road and he didn't do it himself. Well, he didn't just run himself off the road. Not, I mean, like well, not yet. Like, don't, yes. like I've seen this in, in TV shows or, or books before, where it's like, like the person's traveled back in time. He's following himself, and he's like, "Why isn't this thing happening? I'm supposed to be run off the road." And then he realizes <gasps> it was me the whole time. I have to run myself off the road right now. Yeah, yeah or even better, that. he's like, "Why didn't somebody run me off the road right now?" And then he runs himself off the road because he's not paying attention. He's like, "Oh shit, that they was do me." That in the whole last quarter of. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban too. All the mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, why aren't we leaving the hut? Oh, because you didn't throw the snail shell at the back I mean, of your head. I mean, it's, which I actually thought was one of the cleverer, like actually, like uh, things in in the Harry Potter books. Yeah, that was the whole time turn thing, and how she did that. Bill and Ted did it first, right? Yeah, I guess well, I'm too too, old, too young for that. Turner, why don't you just turn it more times back and then kill Voldemort as a baby? Oh wait, sorry. <clears throat> Same reason you can't do it in this one. Bad things happen with wizards who meddle with time. That's just the only explanation you ever get. Because the Langoliers will eat them. Because things get very uh, unhinged. There's a law against of the conservation of history. Yes. But, but not lo- love potions, which also you know would have prevented Voldemort. Just saying. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> love potion created him. We still need to talk about the wizards, like the 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 on Harry's team. Saying that, but I feel like we don't. Those old geezers, like they're well, it's interaction listens to wind. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah but he, we don't seem to do anything awesome candy, for another bro. like four, five books, seven books. Little brother Ooh. likes Harry. Okay. Yeah. Tara so West sends her regards. Like Harry, they're not all right. Yeah, and Tara West sends her yes. regards. Right. We're gonna see her again. 
Terror West sends her regards. For some reason, everybody except for Ebenezer knows that Simon died. Maybe that was senior council only knowledge. I liked Ebenezer's little political trick where he's like, you know, I motion that the, the vote be restricted to the senior council because something else we don't find about for practically eight more books as well is that Ebenezer is family and that's why he vouched for Dresden and Dresden got the Duma Damocles instead of decapitated. Yes, and, but no one knows you know. that except for Ebenezer. Well, yeah, some and, people and, uh, really, like not even the Merlin knew it? I don't, we don't know. Rashid because, knows so it. So Rashid knows presumably, it. Because Potentially because Martha or It's not known Joe. officially anyway. Mm -mm. It's not common but, knowledge. But, but they, why I'm saying the Merlin probably knew is because the Merlin does the soul gaze in in uh, proving guilty, right? So when the senior council is involved in the decapitations, it seems like the Merlin personally uh, handles some of that stuff. So no, he never got soul gazed. He had to have. Like he, no, he was he soul gazed with. Because it said he never takes gets the hood taken off. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, no, Harry said that he never saw their faces. He just yeah, Ebenezer makes an offhand comment about how he might have gazed Morgan, who was his the guy who brought him in, I guess. But and they did confirm that they had gazed. Uh, they just said that it had happened as of book one. Did they say that? Yeah, it's like that they happened had during gazed, the trial. At least, Morgan had his name and stuff. Morgan had his name. I don't think that means it was soul gaze, but whatever. It's, oh, right. no, Morgan didn't soul gaze until Deadbeat. Right? Fuck, I'm dumb. Yeah. But it, I mean, it is said that like during the trial, at least, Hood never removed, right? Yeah. Okay, I so mean, that's it, another thing that yeah, it seems to be whoever like because Ramirez soul gazes the victims and mm -hmm. Harry soul gazes Molly. It seem I don't think it's the council, you know, the senior council that really yeah, does Ramirez it. does that. That's true with Molly, right. which which actually, mentioned. I mean, that definitely says that 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 the senior like that Merlin isn't doing it right because. I, mean, I guess they probably split it around because soul gazing and using the site can like have a detrimental effect so like different wizards do it. Sure. Uh, well, I think it's more like a warden thing. I mean, the warden's the one that have to bring them in, so it seems more like thing. the warden would do it. Like, Ramirez has the, one of the biggest chances to be biased, even. But it's kind of weird <laughs> that it's him in that case, but they, I guess they... I don't they think they really... to be above board? Well, and I he mean, is. He is above board. Yeah, they made him the youngest regional commander, but I don't think... I mean, the reason... Um, everybody likes Harry is not really expounded on until later. I don't think they really realize how much of an impact he had on the younger generation, even at that time. But, yeah, right. they, oh, well, and know. I mean, talk about people that we see that aren't named. Ramirez is in this book, so... Yeah. Because he's one of the brown robed <laughs> apprentices. Bluebeard's apprentice. <laughs> but yeah, the whole, thing with, the, the whole thing with the... with McCoy being his... Uh, being blood, and that's why he protects him so much. It's also in... Which book is that? Eleven, where ancient Maya is like, "You will do this for this boy. You only had for like two years." Yeah, or whatever. Mm. And, and, and no, like, not everyone like, knows, but I think yeah. the other reason McCoy didn't. Know she has about, no idea, at least. I don't think he knew about Simon. Is also because later we in that conversation with the Merlin, you know, he go, you know, go back to your farm. You've never been welcome here. Up until right. that point, I don't think Ebenezer really did anything proper with the council on a day to day basis. I think since the war, he maybe sure. just kept to himself mostly. I, no, before that even, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the war started up and like he was still kind of doing his thing because it was only about a year. We're, We're talking about know. the French Indian No, I mean war, right? the French Indian War. I think there was right. kind of falling out oh, after yeah. that and he just Except kept to himself. he was still doing things because he's still the Blackstaff. He's yeah. still the Blackstaff. He's 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 still
You, you, well, that's more than at points. He's he's the hitman, basically. My guess is that he was also, he was also question, that's different than knowing Simon's dead because you were hanging around HQ. That's true. He was Amer there. He American was geography. Mm-hmm. How yes. far is Montana? That's where he lives, right? From Chicago. No, <laughs> no he lives in Missouri. Missouri yeah. It shares a border Missouri. with Illinois, which is where uh, Chicago is. How far is Denmark? So, how long is the drive? <laughs> a handful of hours. It's, it's it's several maybe, hours. It's four to six hours depending on where he is in Missouri to Chicago. He's in Hogs okay. Hollow, which is in the top. Because he could have just been driving and they couldn't call him, like, and tell him Simon said. Also, you know, wizards. Yeah, how is he going to call on the landline phone? <laughs> right. Dresden has a landline. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's have one in his car. Right, McCoy. But that's what I mean. So if he's driving, he can't call him. Well, but I'm, I'm saying Ebenezer right just give him the information. Know. Yeah, like the, the senior council knew, but Ebenezer didn't know about his good friend, possibly best friend. You know, they they seemed like really good friends, and then yeah, the senior council affected by the to Chicago. There's a major way from Edinburgh to Chicago. They all live there in their little hut or whatever in the under the ground. And they all know this stuff because it's breaking news. And, you know, how's everybody going to find out about it? That's really good to sound, too. How's I mean, my, my guess is after after Maggie died, he kind of took a break from the council again. Yeah, yeah, right. that makes sense yeah. to me. And there were a few people who know his connection to Maggie. Rashid's mentioned it and probably Injun Joe and, and things like that. But the reason that he restricted it to the senior council, also because he had more of a control over it at that point, right. is because, as Martha mentioned, you know what he was meant to be. They all know he's a starborn. Right, right. And, and that, that Aurora mentioned it too. as well. It's like, you were meant to be as a destroyer. That's why your godmother was Leah. She may not know he's a starborn, or maybe she does because she's infected. But right. Well, at a minimum, they, they know he was supposed to be an enforcer. Like they bring about later, he was supposed to be Justin's quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Battering ram. Mm. Didn't know what he That's was meant to be. Good points. Well, I mean, people know what he was meant. Leah know what he was meant to be. Of course. I mean, we, we Harry still doesn't know what he was meant to be. Apparently. Well, it's because every time they bring it up, he just kind of casually forgets until it's yeah. important to the plot. This, this is definitely like Harry has amnesia for this shit. Like it's it's kind of like when he's like, wait a minute. There's like a black council. Like there's some people fucking with my shit, you know? And it's like, dude, we're like 11 books in. Like you're just now putting this together. And so it's going to be like book 19. You're a wizard. Like, I think, what if my favorite lines at a summer night is when he's in the mud pit and uh, Aurora is trying to get all the information out of him. And he basically lines out everything that Aurora had done for the past several months. Yeah. And Lloyd Slade's looking creepy. He doesn't look that smart. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, this is proof. Sometimes he's not that smart. Exactly. Right. He's like, Magi, one of the wise, great wizard, fucking detective, uh, book, book 11, black council. Right. Even to an abused <laughs> junkie to not think that the other guy who's covered in mud is smart. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, book 19, it's going to be like, wait a minute, I think Justin had plans for me. You know, like, no shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they had a conversation between him and Leah in his grave. Like, right. no, you knew what he was doing to you. <laughs> you didn't have him wrong. And that won't come up again till the end. Right. Uh, Another thing we get that's like foreshadow, like a, a rule established but not talked about until way later. Fairies entering people's house without being invited as long as they have no ill intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the brownies. Yep. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, like, isn't is Toot in uh, Stormfront referred to as a creature of the Never Never? Because I know the vampires are. Is that. Uh, well, everybody's a creature of the Never Never in Stormfront. 
Right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Demons and this and, he, and, that and, the and other then he thing. flat out says that Santa Claus is there, which is true because Rashid is at the <laughs> wall. Right. Well, they're all. Yeah. But what I mean, the walls in the Never Never because everything. Not the fact that Santa's a badass fairy, which we know from book one. And well, yeah, Santa's a badass fairy, and it's Rashid. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's not established until cold days how it actually works that any fairy can enter someone's home as long as they have no ill intent. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and but I mean, we actually knew that from the brownies. We never, I, I just never really thought about it because they well, go in there and do whatever they want. Yeah, he doesn't realize until Lily tells him. By the way, thanks. Here's some cleaning crew. Which he, I mean, so he gets the brownies here and then basically keeps them until changes, right? Like he. I think they'll come. I think they'll even come back one. Like we'll see them in the next book. Once he's taken like possession of a new home, they were well, a gift from Lily. I mean, yeah. granted, yes, you could argue Summer Lady, but at the same time. I don't know that that's necessarily. We'll find out if it goes with the mantle or the person by then. I'm thinking it's a standing contract until he mentions them. They'll keep going. uh, If if it comes across your desk, hey, the brownies ask for about the contract. The the local union brownies ask, hey, can we uh, do we still clean up this guy's house? Cirrus says he gets out the green little stamp and does. Sure, why not? Yes. Or maybe it's a fuck you, clean your own laundry because you made me the summer lady. Yeah, right. Well, he didn't do that now. She has the least cause to be ill will. She was getting a mantle. She just didn't get the one she was expecting. uh, She she didn't want anything. She didn't want to make a choice. She was was going to do it. She knew she was going to do it. Or she thought Harry forced her to do it, though. Harry didn't force her. Harry didn't force her. Harry was a perfect gentleman to her. Actually, so since we're talking about mantles, I think we should talk about the mantles because they kind of come up in this book and importantly, because one thing that I had a problem with was the whole, it goes to the nearest, you know, thing like itself. So basically Mm -hmm. the night mantle returns to the lady because Mm -hmm. there was a bunch of weirdness, like how, how that was handled. And now that I'm thinking about it, the other thing that pissed me off about this book always and still does is the whole unraveling thing. But anyway, so the mantle, right? So they kill Rule, and the mantle goes to Aurora because she was there with Slate, right? Yes. And she she puts it in Lily. Mm -hmm. And then because Lily is now the closest mantle, I guess, it goes to her. Because, like, from there, it it never made sense why it it goes to Molly. Like, the mantle goes to Molly. It doesn't seem that the mantle of a, a queen can be empty. Okay. But a, a mantle of a knight can goes be empty. Goes back to the lady. Yeah. Or, or, or to one the, the nearest queens. queen. Yes. yes. Okay. But the mantle of a queen must be filled. So yeah, because even May says, to... you know, because she didn't see what Mab had planned with Molly, you know, even Maeve said, where's my mantle going to go into some hapless mortal that's nearby that's the closest ready to get uh-huh. this mantle? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was going somewhere. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, because I, I guess I had missed that tidbit because I was like, it, that the whole shuffling thing that happens in cold days threw me for a loop where I was like, what the fuck? Because, you know, obviously, like, Molly gets the mantle first, right? Because Maeve dies, doesn't she? And therefore the summer... Teresa gets it first because oh, she, she does. kills Lily. Yeah, Maeve kills Lily. And then she gets Lily. killed by Molly, uh, by Murphy. And so it just Molly has to be it. a fae, not, you know, like a fae aligned with the court. No, no, because it goes straight to Lily. Lily was uh, a winter fay, but she had the, right, win- she the had summer night. Essentially, she had the summer mantle. She had been and she had a relationship with Lily. 
or Lily and Aurora had a relationship together. Yes. They knew each other. She posted. They might have prepared her. I'm talking. I mean, I'm talking like the cold days one again because yeah. that that was the shuffle. I that didn't make as much sense. But well, think about it this way: if it had been Ma uh, Maeve standing there and she had been killed first, it would have gone into Lily. Even though, well, I mean, maybe not because she had the summer night mantle, so it probably would have gone somewhere else. But right. loosely speaking, it doesn't matter that she was necessarily hanging around with Aurora. She was prepared as a vessel, therefore she's going to get the first available one. Which yeah, is why Cerisa was prepared to be the Winter Lady, but right, right. the first available one was Summer, and so there it is. The textual and, evidence we actually have for this, and referring to Cold Days and this, it seems to be that specific point of being prepared or not being prepared for the mantle, or being prepared to uh, receive something of, of uh, in a manner of a fae, being trained by a fae, being... Uh, uh, in proximity to fail a lot. I think that's going to be the operative thing and where the power goes. Uh, and it's volitional to some degree, but uh, I don't I don't know that it's entirely conscious. I think it operates by fairy law rather than convention, rather than by any kind of explicit uh, decision. Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, mantle comes out, prepared vessels there, take it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that. it just... <laughs> like even Mab says, you know, she thought Molly was better suited to Summer. She had her prepared as that, I assume, as a, she had her prepared as a backup, which I don't think it explicitly mattered, because if it, if it mattered who you were prepared by and why, then Cerisa could have never gotten the Summer Lady Mantle. Right. She was prepared specifically to take over for Maeve. Well, and honestly, Mab saying that could have been her mortal side. Like, she'd much rather have had her daughter <laughs> as the Winter Lady, Possibly. given the chance, you know. So, but I mean, I think but she you also gotta, you gotta have backups, you know? Like, you work in IT, you yeah. learn this. I mean, I no, think I she, mean, even she would recognize that Sarisa is probably better suited to summer, too. She's not a sure. typical vicious winter fae. Right. Well, uh, because I'm thinking how Maeve actually does the killing of, uh, of Lily there. She shoots Lily and she laughs at Mab, and Mab says, You have no idea what you just did. So Mab, Maeve has knowledge of winter law, so I, I'm thinking it has something to do with. Or uh, maybe it's maybe summer law too. Does it have to do with uh, knowledge of law of the summer or winter court that Maeve? No, it's that she, it's she sealed her own fate because Maeve yeah. thought she could never now kill her because where mm -hmm. is her mantle going to go? And what right. Mab is saying well, is, I you have no idea what you've done. Now I have to kill you because mm -hmm. she was up until that point still willing, like, hey, come back with me, I'll help you. Was I'll it really up until that point, or was it when? Because it. We'll get there eventually in many, many episodes. <laughs> All right. But the timing, it, was Mab still willing to give her a chance until she killed Lily, or was it even beyond that as long as she... I mean, oh, did it extend were, they beyond banter, that? They were bantering for a little bit, and then she mm -hmm. tells her, you know, uh, you've abandoned your duties, uh, but uh, something about I can set you right. I don't remember the exact quote, because but she does give her the chance. One more Mab time. didn't let Murphy kill Maeve up until Maeve was literally going to kill someone else. Mm. Until she was going to kill um, Harry. Was it Harry? I couldn't yeah, remember. She pointed her gun at Harry. Mab moves her finger, and mm -hmm. Murphy and becomes Murphy's... undone, and she caps her. She was going to kill. He was going to. She was going to kill mm -hmm. Harry. Okay, we'll get there. Many, and and many Matt episodes. sure as shit isn't going to let anybody else break her toys. Damn it! So, <laughs> well, also at that. I mean, yeah. Let's face it. At that point, you don't. You don't want to lose the guy who you just put through the ringer with this and spent all those months trying to bring back from the dead. 
I really though I think it's because Mab knows exactly who Harry is and what to do with him because oh, yeah, she's absolutely. been gunning for him the whole time. He doesn't like, realize that he's not just a paper cup, but right. Because that's because you know he has selective amnesia. Yeah. Yep. I really want to know what Margaret that? and Mab knew about each other. I was going to say, yeah, a lot, probably. Because, so Mab knows everything that Leah knows, or sure. at least decent amount, because of how she filled in in Deadbeat. So what Leah knows with Margaret, Mab would know. How much yes. did the other way go? Se Semi-off the cuff, I would say Mab at least knew exactly what um, what Margaret was doing. Like, that she was setting it up, she was doing all this research, she was getting power, she knew why she had La Fay as an honorific and all of this stuff. I don't, I, I would dare say that Margaret probably doesn't know what, what Mab was doing and going on. Maybe she figured out about the outer gates and that's why she decided to do all this other preparation. Mm -hmm. So there's a little window there, but the problem is I don't fucking think anybody except for maybe Harry knows what the hell Mab is doing. Like I think Harry and Molly know. Oh, a fair no bit. I think, I think Rashid obviously knows, yeah. but outside of that, I don't think like even the senior council, I, I bet you Ebenezer would be just as shocked as Harry, you know, when he finds out about the, the outer gates would be my guess. So I, mm. I, I like I said, really? off the cuff, I don't got, I don't I, got a lot of, maybe I bet that in it, but. Ebenezer knows a bit more about the outer gates and whatnot, considering that he is the black staff. And he totally got the, the stick from Mother Winter, right? So he has to know based on no, that connection. He got it from his previous master, who got it from their previous master, who he initially maybe got it from Mother Winter because and Merlin stole it well, from him. And then, right. then on, in a card game. In a card game. Everything happens in the card game. That's one big card game, you know. Uh, <laughs> Odin loses his eye. The biggest card this world style. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I would be surprised if the Black Staff doesn't know, especially now that there's the Great Council happening and there's some sharing of information. I don't know. I think he might have an inkling, but like, do you? I don't know. It's it's tough to say because like, if it's one of those things that I feel like once you know, like, how could you not fucking act on it, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you're telling me that McCoy could just use black magic to burn shit to the ground and steal their soul and what God knows whatever else, but. The, the literal war for reality is out there and he just kind of ignores it because that's Rashid's job. Like, I don't think that's how that works. Like, you know. I know think, but at the same status. time, he knows, he knows about Demon Reach and he doesn't just hat up to take care of that either. I mean, he's well, clearly willing think, to let certain power sets just sit there. Well, it kind of seems that the only everybody. person who's able to take care of Demon Reach is Harry because of his weird time-bending connection to it. So that's why Fadarung and Rashid, because it's the same person, and everyone else left it to Harry. Well, because it has to be the fulcrum's job. Well, yes. and Rashid already fucked it up, more importantly. Rashid didn't know. fuck it up. Yes, he did. He focused the tank. Mm -hmm. What? So, Demon Reach and Demon Reach don't get along well because Rashid right. screwed up something or made it do it something it wasn't supposed to do or whatever it was. And so he can't go there anymore. Right, because because Rashid probably was supposed to pick up the mantle of the warden and didn't, and still somehow pulled it off. I don't know. Like I said, the, some of this stuff is just floating around. It's crazy theories, but we have word of Jim that the reason why the island is mad at Rashid is because he focused the tank. We don't know the what, where, when, why, whatever, but that was an answer given for how come 
the island has a limp and is Rashid well, no, part the island of has a limp because of a glacier or something, right? Yes, but it's, it's the same. Yeah, that was gym. a subsequent. But it's the it same bit. word of Jim, so yeah. The main like, part of that was uh, that Rashid focused the tank, and you know, for people who know that what that RPG term, RPG term means, it's you know, getting there. I think it was either focusing the damage or getting something to do something that it's not supposed to do. I don't know. I don't play those games. My my understanding, the way that it was interpreted, and I mean, again, even even my understanding is a little loose here. Is that basically you know, focus the tank in the sense that the bad guys drew Rashid off you know, off of mission and demon reach kind of paid for it in some way or something like that. So maybe they got, they, I mean, shit for all we know, maybe that's how the sleeper got out or, you know, whatever. Like I, I can speculate all day cause I got crazy. So it's not drawing Alfred off mission is drawing Rashid off mission. That would be my guess because I mean, how do you, the Island can't do anything. Right. So the Island is completely dependent on the warden to project power in a way, right? The island's not going to run out to California. And, but what if the and, warden sends it after a target and there's a better, more important target, for example? Well, so that, like if, if you've yeah. got Servitor A that you think is about to kill someone, but Cthulhu over here is running away, you know, right. but you're focusing him on this because, well, they're about to shoot this little girl. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. I, but we don't know until we get peace talks. The relationship. Exactly. Yeah. No, not peace talks. Peace, peace talks is not happening. Rashid We're just skipping right ahead to <laughs> Mirror, mirror. <laughs> nope, not even that. Hashtag team Hilton. We're just going right uh, Before we end, did we cover the conversation with the mothers? No. No. We did that before that recording because yeah, be- we're excited because it- that way. That, well, that and it, you corrected why I thought it was important, you know, like so the conversation the mother summer and winter was asking about which one's more important, the body or the soul, and Harry says this is a stupid question. Both are important, right? And, and basically, like part of it was, uh, you know, I think Mother Winter said like he he sees what she does not and whatever, and they're making this comparison, and it's they're you know they're being fey about it, so they're like. He sees what she does not. Obviously, Harry's the he, but I'm like, who is she? Are they talking about Mab? Oh, my God, what do they know that even Mab doesn't know? And I got all excited, and then everyone's like, you're dumb. They were talking about Aurora. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. And and the sense that Aurora is being short-sighted in the sense that she's going to literally kick off the apocalypse and basically get all this power so that she can fix a thing that's really not a problem, like comparatively. Yeah. Like, yes, shit's bad. People die. People get hurt. Summer seems to be the guys that are most concerned with healing and fixing. Until they let loose Ebola. Right. Yeah, comparatively. But then, you know, obviously the apocalypse is worse than that. Like, you can say shit's bad right now, but it ain't apocalypse bad. You know, so that um, that was Say that to California. Right. So. Because we also decided we're in the version in which Harry didn't succeed in Summer Night and Global warming's and, going crazy. Right. And apparently Aurora put she's like, hey, Hollywood's good this time of year. So uh, Which, Ben, you are silent. That's a good thing. <laughs> I mean he's really did excited, you, but we yeah, cannot hear really, him. Did you Nobody can hear you. Ah, okay. I muted it. My <laughs> oh, no. phone was going off. I didn't mute it. Okay, so so Hollywood is good this time of year. There's a show in production. Perhaps this means what? What is going on? There? Perhaps this means. 
Perhaps this means that the show is, is he doing the Numa Numa dance? I mean, I'll this year. No. Oh, yeah. I had a thought about the show because Broadway? of this book. Guillermo del Toro needs to direct it because he can do that weird, creepy thing of making really beauty, creepy things, just like in, in like Maeve's court when people are dancing. Del Toro, he's perfect. Just because for you it. said that we're going to end up with Brett, 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 Brett Ratner or Chris Columbus or Ron Howard. Hello, some of those guys did good things. <laughs> like, yeah, really, Ron Howard. Why, why don't you just walk into a china shop and start throwing elbows, like <laughs> asshole? I like this okay idea. With some really, of those guys. I'm holding I like out. the idea of inherent that these quality directors are going. To I'm, be I'm, I'm holding out for a Martin Scorsese Harry Dresden movie. Okay. Oh, okay. That happens. So you're so, going to hope for something that's critically acclaimed and no one's going to watch? <laughs> oh, that's Okay, what did you just fucking say? <laughs> you were busy doing hand signs. And, and, like, everybody watches them. Like, what? Oh, that just grinded my gears. Okay. We're running way over, and since you brought up Maeve's court, I thought it was a, a nice tie-in that Maeve moved her court into Undertown during Great Peril because there was shenanigans in the never never just saying i thought that was a nice oh, thing Oh, that's why you had that note of the yes. never never let mave through it was like what do you yeah. mean okay, because okay. they made the turbulence so she was able to make her little connection because apparently when she sealed it up like it just wasn't there anymore they were like that's a fucking wall it's not magic that's a wall so she seemed to be able wait, to make a little wait game. oh wait where where the summer winter court has goes the summer court must follow so Maeve went yeah. there first and then Aurora went there and Elaine went there and Elaine is Kamori. And even better Maeve went to Undertown Aurora was in a skyscraper. Yes. So they were again in balance uh -huh. fucking give me a break but yeah like there were but just these little. But things. Elaine as Kamori was in town for Bianca's party. Okay. And well, I mean why, I guess I don't understand why. Aurora, Kamori, Cowell, Athame, Leah. Why oh. the never, never turbulence has to because we know the ladies are the closest tied to the mortal world. They seem to be able to come and go. But the timing, but the timing makes perfect sense. But he specifically said it. I think, like Bob says, when when there was turbulence in the never, never. Like I don't remember if I put the exact quote, but Bob says that uh, when he's when they're talking about the fairies, like Maeve took advantage of the turbulence or whatever, made it, and then wherever winter goes, summer must follow. Like well, that's was, all. It was Toot Toot who said that. Um, well, she's in Undertown. She's in Undertown. It's like, since when? Oh, okay. Since the last autumn. Let me eat right. pizza. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's very fucking suspicious timing then. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I mean, it's also, I mean, it's it's getting into winter time. But I guess, yeah, I could see why. Right. And, and maybe it's maybe it's a tenuous connection because it's Toot Toot. He's not exactly the arch wizard or anything. But uh, What do you uh, mean? The summer ladies buy the pizza shop. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Priorities. So I like <laughs> yeah. when he's describing like how the wild fae get called. It kind of depends on what you're doing recently. It's like, what have you been doing recently? Oh, who can keep track of all that? Yeah. How could I possibly know all that? Yeah. It's such that a was great... five minutes ago. Yeah. Well, that and yeah. I mean, if we're gonna go off on the little fae Elodie and pulling that over on me for years. Yes. Yeah. L E D just Yeah, saying. just and in case anyone didn't know it, you have to have it spelled out. Yeah. And I kinda she got it the first time, I think, but it's I guess an audiobook listener, you can get fooled. Yeah, oh, yeah. I definitely got fooled, you know. Yeah, they just assume she's Tinkerbell, because you know. Right. But why aren't they all Tinkerbell? Because they all are. Who could possibly know all these things, director? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, any, uh, anything else we forgot since we're like half an hour over? Forgot? Uh, I don't think we forgot. Uh, next time, uh, episode two of Summer Night. No, no, we just to uh, do long episodes and move on to Deathmasks. I would rather do a longer episode than do two parts. Dude, seriously. Deathmasks yeah. is going to be a two-hour extravaganza because the Whoa. director hates it so much. Like, I mean, Deathmasks, it's basically two books anyway. Which is half the problem. Yes. Oh, geez. Yes. Here we go with that again. Okay. Thanks for watching the Dresden Files podcast. If you're interested in watching the Dresden Files podcast, consider watching other podcasts brought to you by the Broken Jars Podcasting Network. Yeah, you can watch the full of shit high fantasy. We're having editors talking about the professional things of we, the like, professional industry of writing. And, and, but no, they're just totally full of shit. I'm sure it's not now. <laughs> okay, great. No bitterness there. Thank um, God we got that out of the way. I'm not angry at all. The Great Scott Podcast <laughs> is not about simulations and a sim talk podcast, which is not about the office. Uh, you should go watch those other podcasts. They're, yeah. they're on the network. You know, it's it's kind of like what I told my two-year-old recently. It's actually literally easier to list the thing it is about instead of the things it's not about because there's more things. Sim talk it, is also not about Sim City. It's not about Perfect. pizza. It's Perfect. not about not about pizza. Like, I know, right? Sim talk, not about pizza. Crazy. Oh man. Jacob, if you're listening, get on that, man. Not not this Jacob, the other Jacob. There could be two Jacobs. No, that's why this Jacob has the mantle of EG. <laughs> Everything's a mantle. Right. Eldest Gruff is a mantle. I know you, Eldest you may... is a mantle, but yes, come on. Eldest is a mantle. Uh, yeah, but not Gruff. And he's a. Well, no. How is Gruff I mean, not a mantle? He's Gruff not is a hogman. You can no, tell he, he has the mantle, mantle of Eldest, and if he dies, it goes on to the next one. Just like Eldest Fetch. And... Which at this point has got to be one of the little bastards because Harry killed the other guy. No, it's, so... probably, it's probably Tiny or, you know, whatever. Didn't, and then the, the didn't Tiny in. die, though? Didn't they no, die? no. Tiny just sunk into the floor and went back to the Never Never. Yeah. Because well, he decided, bastard. okay, you beat me, you won, yeah. but my eldest brother is going to kick your ass. Listen, oh, everyone right. knows who I am because of my sunny disposition anyway. So. <laughs> it works out. So you're a summer fae? Obviously, can't you tell? Oh yeah, that's because Elder Scruff. I just Elder Scruff is, but my brain is over there. EG's wild fae. He's he's basically uh, in the Goblin Court. That's what I say. That's 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 why you guys don't get along. It's probably just because he's Elder Scruff and you're a troll. Is that what it is? (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. And I'm gonna kill you. Oh no! Oh, that works out so well. I don't even know what bridge I live under. I don't.